Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1920. Recovery, the missing piece of your training puzzle by Emma Hogan of lesmills.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Happy Monday and a very happy Halloween if you celebrate. Thank you so much for being here and welcome back to a new week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. And with that, I'm gonna get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Recovery, the missing piece of your training puzzle by Emma Hogan of lesmills.com. The idea of recovery sounds lovely, much needed in fact, but what do I need to recover from? From the tough workout I did earlier? From all the stress and worry COVID has launched on us? From my endless juggle with homeschooling? Or from the few too many wines I had on the weekend? For many of us, it can be hard to know. The concept of recovery is still in its infancy and confusion abounds. When thinking about recovery, particularly exercise and recovery. The first thing to understand is the difference between peripheral fatigue and central fatigue. Peripheral fatigue is where we exhaust the muscular unit, and it typically comes from physical activity. Central fatigue is the ability of our brain to generate nerve impulses that stimulate our muscles into action. Both peripheral and central fatigue lead to reduced capacity for maximal performance, and both can be effectively managed. But how to do so differs for each. How to deal with peripheral fatigue. Peripheral fatigue is where we become fatigued in the muscular unit during a workout and lose the ability to produce force. This generates micro failure in our muscles, and it's usually a good thing. The exercise-induced fatigue breaks down muscle tissue. Then the repair process kicks in, and this repairs our muscle tissue to a state where it's better than it was before. This is why strenuous exercise with the right recovery creates the positive physiological response that makes us better, fitter, and stronger. The problem is when microfailure becomes macrofailure. If we are overzealous with training and don't have sufficient rest, our muscles don't have the opportunity to rebuild and become stronger. This can lead to progressive decline, which halts training gains and increases injury risk. According to Bryce Hastings, Les Mills' head of research, quote, it can be like balancing on a tightrope. We need to push ourselves hard enough to improve, but not too hard without sufficient recovery to prevent macro failure of muscle tissue and overuse injuries. End quote. Fans of high-intensity interval training 
should be particularly cautious of macro failure. High-intensity interval training is undoubtedly one of the most effective ways to generate intense physiological changes, but it can stimulate overtraining and wreak havoc with your sleep and mood. High-intensity interval training dramatically spikes cortisol, the hormone produced by your adrenal glands, and these short bursts of cortisol are what helps muscle tissue repair and adapt. But overdoing high-intensity interval training can result in elevated chronic levels whereby cortisol becomes a problem. It can lead to joint pain, fatigue, and mood disturbance, and reduced ability to recover. Research shows the key to successfully navigating peripheral fatigue is having a well-balanced training routine, such as 50-60% to of your time spent doing cardio, 30-40% to doing strength training, and 10% mind-body or flexibility and mobility. If you're doing high-intensity interval training, you can get the right dose by ensuring your heart rate is in your max training zone for just 4-9% to of your total training volume. Consistency is also important. Changes in intensity or volume of greater than 10% can lead to increased injury risk. If you're just starting out, experts recommend making slow, gradual changes to your training routine. Hastings explains, quote, Our cardiovascular system responds to exercise more quickly than our musculoskeletal system. This can be a problem when starting out, as you get fitter, faster, so you can push your body harder, but your musculoskeletal system hasn't adapted at the same rate. This can lead to injury. End quote. The golden rule is to always have a full day of recovery each week. That is, at least two sleep cycles with no structured exercise. It's also important that you drink sufficient water, aim for five or more servings of fruit and vegetables each day, and fuel your body with adequate protein. There is some evidence that wearing compression clothing post-workout can speed up your peripheral fatigue recovery, and foam rolling can also be beneficial. In recent years, cold water immersion has also become a hot topic among elite athletes and hardcore exercisers. But research throws cold water on the idea of submerging yourself in a bath of ice. It seems that ice baths can decrease the generation of protein in muscles and are therefore not helpful for repairing and building muscle over time. The jury is still out on the effects of cryotherapy, which uses dry ice, infrared treatments, and the like. The fact is, most of us don't need any newfangled recovery fads, adds Hastings. Quote, If you've got the right training variety, the right intensity, and you're really consistent with how you progress your training, then that's the optimal setup. End quote. He cautions that you cannot just focus on peripheral fatigue isolation. Central fatigue also needs to be considered. How to deal with central fatigue. Central fatigue is when your central nervous system isn't firing properly. You feel tired, stressed, and so lackluster that you can't function optimally. We all deal with it in varying degrees at various times. One of the most popular ways to get a gauge on your central fatigue and your body's ability to recover from it is by measuring heart rate variability. Heart rate variability is the measure of time variability between heartbeats. While your heartbeats need to be regular, having a very slight variability is actually a good thing. This variability indicates that your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems are in balance and that your body is responsive to your physiological demands, which puts you in the optimal recovery state. Hastings says, using an app or tracker to record your heart rate variability can be beneficial. Quote, it helps create more awareness around how your activities affect your nervous system. It can benefit your mood, energy, confidence, and sleep, 
helping you identify when your body is craving more recovery. End quote. Yoga, meditation, and mindfulness are good ways to nurture the balance between your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. A recent study highlighted how 30 to 40 minutes of body balance can have a remarkable impact on your heart rate variability levels. In just two weeks, and after only six sessions in total, participants enjoyed positive effects such as reduced anxiety, improved positivity, better sleep, and better recovery. Cutting back on caffeine, reducing alcohol intake, and getting between seven and nine hours of sleep each night will also improve your central fatigue levels. And massage is a great option too. While many believe massaging your muscles will benefit peripheral fatigue, there's actually little evidence of this. It's your central nervous system that benefits most from massage. Essentially, anything that nurtures your mental well-being will ease central fatigue and improve your physical performance. Quote, you'll be much more resilient when it comes to training and your improvements will accelerate. That's according to Bryce Hastings. You just listened to the post titled, Recovery, The Missing Piece of Your Training Puzzle by Emma Hogan of lesmills.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Today's author, Emma, mentioned something that, if you caught it, may have you scratching your head a bit. Emma said that studies have found ice baths may not be helpful for repairing and building muscle over time. I've mentioned that some studies have found that ice baths or cold water immersion may actually increase the body's production of harmful compounds, like free radicals. But when it comes to ice baths and muscle growth, the reason why they may not be helpful is because muscle growth and repair actually require an inflammatory response. This means that the body's immune system needs to become a bit hyperactive after exercise in order to build and repair our muscles. That's because during intense exercise, our muscles experience small tears, but it's these tears that help them grow. The body's immune system senses these small tears, so it wakes up and sends some healing cells and other compounds to repair those tears. After the repairs have taken place, the muscle is now larger than it was before, and stronger. What does this have to do with ice baths, though? Well, cold temperatures help reduce inflammation, so it cools down the immune system. If that happens, then it may mean the body may not experience the same amount of muscle growth. That's not to say there's never a use for ice after recovery. If someone experienced an injury, rest and ice can absolutely be beneficial to help reduce the pain. 
All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you're having a great start to your week and wishing you a very safe and happy Halloween if you celebrate. And I'll be back here tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.